Okay, hi everyone. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Creative Connections. I'm Adam Deere, and joining me today is the wonderful director John Sheedy. John, how you doing? Good. Good morning. Good to see you, man. Good to see you. How are you doing? Uh, staying cooped up or getting out a little bit? Well, I'm going a bit batty, as mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of people, as I know a lot of people are. Um, so, I mean, I'm in Victoria, so we're a little bit behind every other state. You know, we're playing very safe because they uh, don't want a second wave and all that, which I get and I'm happy to do. But, you know, jeepers creepers, I'll be glad when it's done because yeah, it's I'm, getting, I'm kind of the cabin fever's well and truly kicked in, I think. Yeah. Do you have any pets? Do you have a cat or a dog or something that's keeping you sane? I have a dog called Peanut and he's a rescue dog. So we go for a walk every morning. I also live in St Kilda right opposite um, the bay. So... I get to go for a walk every morning, but you know, which is good, but it really is just the beach, home, the supermarket, home, that's it. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, everyone's, yeah, had experiencing that to some extent. Uh, and so, yeah, it'd be good to just chat about uh, your career and how did you even start out as a director? Did you start performing and work into it that way or was it always directing for you? No, I started off uh, as an actor. I, I trained as an actor. I did three years drama school here in Melbourne. Um, pretty much as soon as I finished year 12, I um, went straight into full-time study acting. So I did that and I graduated and I worked in, uh, I did a lot of theatre as an actor uh, here in Melbourne and also toured quite a bit around the States and did a bit of international touring, um, did, did a bit of television, you know, anything that required me wearing a blue uniform, I got that role. Mm-hmm. So I was always a cop or a security guard and so I did a bit of my, I did a bit of time on Blue Healers and a bit of time on Stingers and so I worked, I worked professionally as an actor for quite a few years and then our friends asked me to direct a show, a theatre piece for them uh, as part of the Melbourne Fringe Festival. I did that and that went really well and won a few awards and then I got asked to do a bit more from that and then I went, actually, I'm really enjoying putting the directing hat on and, you know, collaborating with other creatives that are all part of the project. So not just on the acting side where it's, you know, you script and your fellow actors, but it broadened the whole network out for me and the creative process. So I applied for NIDA and for postgrad in directing the director's course and I was lucky enough to get into that. And so I did my time at NIDA and then graduated and Neil Armfield took me on straight away and I worked with him as an assistant director at Belvoir Street and then from there I just kept working as director. I was lucky enough to, I was at had, you know, Bell Shakespeare and STC and Griffin and Black Swan and toured around and so, so you know, over years bounced around a lot of um, theatre companies and it was great and a little bit overseas as well in New York and then um, decided I'd like to do film as well, which is something that I've always wanted cool. to do. You've done it all. So that's the new adventure, yeah. Yeah. And with your deciding to uh, pursue the Masters of Directing at NIDA, what was sort of behind that decision? Did you feel that 
you needed some more training or confidence? Yeah. Or? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I really liked what the course had to offer. A friend of mine had uh, done it. She had just graduated and had a year of it. And, you know, and I remember talking to her throughout her time there and being really inspired and excited by what they were doing and, um, you know, not just on a, on a prac level but also on an academic level, you know, what they were studying and... Um, so I, I liked what it had to offer and I, I knew I had a lot to learn too, you know, so, um, and they had access to some incredible, um, uh, you know, practitioners, industry practitioners. So, you know, like we had George Ogilvie come and teach us, mm -hmm. God bless George. And, you know, we had Baz come in, we had all these amazing, um, directors, both in theatre and film. So... I, yeah, that's that's why I applied. And sort of 2010, 2011, you were, took over being the artistic director for Barking Gecko mm. in Perth. How did that mm. come about, being Melbourne-based and then getting work over there? Yeah, good question. So I was, um, I was at Barking Gecko. I was the artistic director from 2010 to 2015. So I was there for five years. Um, and... I had, I think since graduating, at least once a year, I would be over in Perth, either directing for Black Swan or Whopper. Mm -hmm. And so Perth was not unfamiliar territory to me. And, you know, I'd spent quite a few years bouncing around the theatre companies and I wanted to extend my skill set in and look at becoming an artistic director. And what that meant about, you know, shaping and running a theatre company and programming. And, and there was this company, Barking Gecko Theatre Company, and, you know, they were at a, they'd been around for 15 years, nearly 20 years. They were at a stage where they wanted to reinvent who they were. It would seem like a really good out-of-town tryout as an artistic director. And I always enjoyed going over to Perth working, and I always felt like even though Perth is incredibly isolated, which can be incredibly frustrating, but it's also a, a blessing too because you, are, you just get to focus on your work. You're not sidetracked by looking left and right at what everyone else is doing. You, you really get to just drill down into the work and explore the work and what it is. And I always felt like some of my best work was in Perth um, for that very reason, I think. So I applied for that and put together this, you know, artistic plan and vision and got that job and thought, great. So I went over to Perth and, you know, bunkered down for five years and um, created works like Jasper Jones and Storm Boy and The Rabbits and um, Driving Into Walls, all the, you know, um, exciting shows that have had a really big life and had a big success. And, you know, um, I think my time at Barking Gecko also allowed me to be a bit, discover my sense of humour a bit more and be a bit more playful with my work as well. Mm. Um, you know, and I, I think the timing was right. What I learnt there was right. And, of course, you know, it's one part of your working career, your life informs the other, informs the other, informs the other. And I think to this day, 
if I look back, the timing always seemed right for where I'm at. I think if it happened any earlier or any later, I, I don't know. It just it feels like it's naturally shifted into the next part. Is that something you've noticed creatives or artists in general struggling a bit with? Is that sense of timing that maybe they are, they feel like they have the skills and know-how but really feel timing isn't working? Um, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure that's the case with, with, with some artists. Um, I think, you know, things can happen really quickly and you're thrown in the deep end, you know, if you're lucky enough to get those opportunities, but then, you know, you also, I know that you can sit back and go, shit, that happened too quick. Mm. Um, there was a lot more that I needed to get under my belt or learn to prep myself for that. Or, or it's too late. You know, some artists have approached it too late. I know some artists that go, I wish, I wish, I wish I had done that, you know, 10 years ago or started that five years ago. Or So I'm, I'm sure that's there and that is, a, you know, a common, common tale. But I think for me personally that it's felt like it's been on track. And just a few years Going a few years before that, I mean, you've directed quite a, a wide range of plays. Uh, one of those was Sarah Kane's Blasted in 2007. Mm. How did mm. you approach? That's a very controversial work. How did you approach that? Yeah, I, I just. No, that was a long time ago. <laughs> no, yeah, that's all right. Yeah, I'm just thinking going, wow, it is a long time ago. I, I guess I, I really discovered Sarah Kane when I was studying at NIDA, and I really. Her work, her writing really terrified me, but also excited me. It was thrilling to read such raw, pared back, you know, text. And I loved the fact that through her writing towards the end, there weren't even characters. There were just a letter indicated like A, B and C. And so it created this incredible canvas blank canvas for you to create, you know, a, a piece of theatre. But with Blasted, so I, I, I did uh, Cleansed for my graduating piece at NIDA, director's piece. Um, also, in, the, when I, in my time at NIDA as well, I, I um, produced and directed and performed in 448 Psychosis. So then I did Cleansed and so I was on this kind of train with Sarah Kane and... Um, you know, was obsessed with her work. And so, you know, having worked with Neil at Belvoir Street, um, I was very lucky enough to be able to do Blasted there. And that was, you know, because I was very passionate about the writing and the work. As I said, and Blasted presented a lot of challenges and was very controversial. And I was, you know, fresh out of NIDA and all into the controversy as you do and pushing boundaries and, you know, seeing what you can get away with, seeing but also being very raw on an emotional landscape that Blaster provides was really attractive too. And so, you know, you do an incredible amount of... I read a lot about Sarah Kane. I've read a lot of books. I talked to a lot of a few people that had worked with her, you know, I, and you, like any project, 
you, you know, you spend months doing a lot of research, you know, what brought you to make this decision? What brought you to want to throw yourself into this story um, with this artist? And so I've approaching it, you just have to be fearless and you have to be, you can't water that work down and you have to honour what is on the page. And as offensive as some of it is, I mean, you have a man eating a dead baby on stage and people would walk out and Mm. sure, of course. But, you know, I'm always of the, I was then and, and still are to a degree going, you know, if, you get a walkout, then that's fine. That's probably some of the best feedback you can get if they're offended by the work, challenged by the work, or they love it. You, you're, you're doing your job. If they walk out because they're bored or they walk out and go, well, that wasn't bad, then uh, as far as I'm concerned, that's, you haven't allowed people to escape their daily lives or take them on a journey, you know, of some mm. sort. So I guess you had to just throw yourself in the deep end and you really had to, you know, direct so much of directing is, being you know is leading and um of course and so your actors put a great level of trust in you and you've got to take them through that and there were big asks and so kate mulvaney the cast was terry serio kate mulvaney and nicholas coglin and all i work one always wanted to work with those actors and all incredibly brave actors um so it's in a way it's like going to war prepping and going to war putting it on the stage and, you know, navigating the outcome. And, look, it was a success. It, we had walkouts. We had standing ovations. We had good reviews. We had people going, why on earth would you ever want to stage that? Um, so, but, again, we talk about timing, and I think for one of my first produced professional productions outside of NIDA, having just graduated, that was right. It was right to explore all that. That's the time to do that stuff and learn from it, you know? And so, so yeah. I mean, when you're, you know, working on a project, things can be pretty unpredictable. When we worked together on Whiteley, there was a lot of edits and changes happening. Have you gotten better at managing those unpredictabilities? I think you do, yeah. Um, so much of, of what I do and, and being a director, is so much of it is problem solving and I really love those challenges and problem solving, um, you know, and working with a with a good crew and a cast that, you know, get into the room and dissect and pick apart what this story is and, you know, and I think with Whiteley that was a massive challenge because it's a brand new opera. You know, it's, it's one of Australia's most loved artists and mm-hmm. everyone's got a story of... Brett, everyone's got a different version of Brett. So what version are we showing and telling and how is is really, really tricky. And I guess, you know, we were guided by Ashley, um, you know, who wrote his biography and Wendy Whiteley, who was in there. Um, But I think years of experience of creating new works, adapting new works like Jasper Jones, like adapting Storm Boy, like adapting the rabbits from a picture book into an opera. Um, You know, it's certainly, you know, um, I guess given me the tools to be able to go into a room 
not be intimidated by the challenges, not be intimidated when something doesn't work, not be intimidated when, you know, the the ex-wife comes in and says that's not what he was or that's not what happened and to be able to problem solve and do it quickly and, and be able to let your cast and the people around you still feel safe about where you're going and not to also worry or panic, you know. Um, you're, you're steering the ship and weathering the storms, you know. And just uh, shifting over to film, as you mentioned earlier, that's a new area that you're exploring. Mm. Last year saw the release of your first feature film, H is for Happiness, and you had a fantastic cast, including uh, Mary Margulies and Richard Roxburgh. How did that project come about? So, yeah, good question. So I, um, I wanted to shift into uh, directing film. I still direct opera and I still love theatre, but film, again, is another genre that I, I wanted to work in, always have. And so I knew I had to make a couple of short films, get a couple of short films under my belt to, first of all, see how I go with it. You know, like I said earlier on in my career, I had experience on the other side of the camera, but not behind the camera. So I made a short film called Mrs McCutcheon, and that's a film, a story that I had in my head was brewing for, you know, 12 months going, what sort of story do I want to tell? And it's pretty much about a 10-year-old boy who wants to be called a 50-year-old woman's name and stands in front of, in a room in front of a bunch of strangers and asserts who she believes she is. It's a spotlight on transgender children and single parenting. I pitched it to Ben Young, who uh, is a fantastic screenwriter and director himself. And... I look up to him a lot, actually, and I pitched this story to him and he said, I love it, why don't I write it for you? And I went, okay. And so he wrote the script and mm-hmm. then we workshopped it and did a couple of, you know, um, drafts and then I made this short film. I was very lucky that we, it got accepted into the Melbourne International Film Festival. It won Best Australian Short Film there and went on to have a really big life it's, you know, hit nearly 140 festivals around the world now. And Anyway, I guess what I'm saying along and around that is the success of that little film uh, got under the nose of Julie Ryan from Sign Films who produced Red Dog and Hotel Mumbai and Satellite Boy and she was looking for a director for this project, for this film that was already written, it was already done. They um, had a director attached, but there were some artistic differences. So that director had pulled out, so they were looking for a new director. They went to my agent. My agent said, well, you want to look at John Sheedy, have a look at his short film, Mrs McCutcheon. They saw that and they said, we love it. This is exactly the tone we're looking for for Ages for Happiness. So from there, there was a series of meetings. I put together, a, I read the script, I really I, I laughed out loud and, you know, it moved me emotionally. It had a good, really good healthy mix of humour and pathos to it. It was quirky and it was really the companion piece to Mrs McCutcheon in a way. So I felt like, oh, this is a great first feature film to cut my teeth on. I was really nervous because it only made one short film. So, of course, there's a lot you know, it's a big leap. Yeah, and you've got some big actors in there. And, and yeah, you know, it, 
It well, you know, it we had Richard Roxburgh already attached, but then I knew I wanted Miriam Margulies as as the school teacher. I, when I first read it, I couldn't imagine anyone else but her playing it. And I've always wanted to work with her, you know, and and beautiful Deb Mailman and Joel Jackson. Emma Booth, these are all actors I've always really admired and wanted to work with and were perfect for those roles. So, yes, big actors, experienced actors. So I put together a 30-page director's treatment on the film. Uh, I wrote how I would approach it. I wrote, I put a lot of visuals there, tone, style, um, casting suggestions, and I met up with the director and writer and I sat down and we met for the first time and I presented this document and talked them through it. They took it away and then we had another meeting and we talked through, I had a pass at the script and talked about little, subtle little changes here and there and I think by meeting two, they said, we'd love you to direct it. So, it, and it was funded, it, it got financed really quickly actually, within 12 months. So the whole process was very, very quick. And it came off the back of the short film, Mrs McCutcheon. So I guess, you know, it's not just a short film that's there on my CV. There's also 15, nearly 20 years of directing actors in theatre and, and adapting, you know, novels to the stage and storytelling. And so all of that, of course, plays a part in, in you know, telling a story, but it's for the screen. Is there much of a difference in your style going from theatre to film? Well, you know, I, I guess when I talked about, you know, with uh, Barking Gecko, it kind of allowed for me to explore more a more humorous, playful side because that was a theatre company creating works for young people and families. And when I was doing theatre... Well, when I was directing, you know, for the different companies, though, it was mainly for adult theatre. So, you know, you certainly wouldn't go, oh, let's do a Sarah Kane at Barking Gecko Theatre Company. That's just yeah. bonkers, you know. So I, I guess my directing style across when I was directing theatre has always been very, very different. You know, I've directed new Australian works of dramas, I've directed comedies. So I guess the, the styles uh, were, were always varied, but, you know, I, I, from my time at Barking Gecko Theatre Company, it's certainly start to shift into a more playful area, but also that mix of drama and comedy together. And that's something I really, really enjoy and really love is that mixture is making people laugh, breaking their hearts, putting them back together, then making them laugh again and sending them out the door. You know, that's, that's a very kind of the basics of ingredients that I really enjoy. So that certainly has informed my work and projects that I look at today. And working with children, that does that present new challenges as a director? How do you approach that? Uh, yeah, it, it always does. But I, yes, it does, of course. And I think, you know, uh, Wesley Patton, who played one of the leads in Mrs. McCutcheon in the short film, uh, played Douglas Benson, one of the leads in you know, Ages of Happiness. So it was great to bring him over and there's already a shorthand dialogue and a working relationship. You know, he was 10 when I first worked with him and he turned 13 on set in Ages for Happiness. 
you know, with Daisy, Daisy is an incredible actor and an incredible young girl who's probably far more advanced than most adults I know. So um, those two were an absolute blessing to work with. Um, so does you, and there's I mean, something about... Sorry, I was just going to say, I mean, does casting play a huge role in how easy it is to work on a project? Oh, yeah, your casting is so important to get the right cast. You know, you get the right cast and a good 70% of your job's done, you know, and probably more than 70%. You know, it's... And I guess with those two, the casting process was quite extensive. I always knew I wanted Wesley, but with Daisy, we screen tested over 400 young girls for that role across Australia and New Zealand. So it was huge call out. And um, then we put the two of them in, you know, you have a chemistry test between the two. And so we did that and they had callback after callback after callback with each other. Anyway, I, I think going back to, and she landed the role, but going back to your question about working with children, what is it like? I guess the wonderful the wonderful thing about children is they don't really have egos yet, so they're not closed off. They're they're very they've got a great energy. They're very open to ideas. They will bring their own stuff to it as well. And I guess so much of it is allowing hearing their voice and hearing their ideas. Mm. Not going in there and going, well, you're a child, I'm an adult, so what I say is right because of the age difference. Not at all. There's a big level of trust to allow them to take on the role and bring their own stuff to it. And so that's how I work with those two. And so what's next for John Sheedy? Well, you know, there's there's been... I'm attached to direct four... Uh, features, scripts. So it's really, really nice to have four projects sitting there. When they'll get up, I'm not sure. Um, you know, some of them are, are, are further advanced than than others. Um, so it's really been, across this time, you know, I guess in a way has been quite good because it's just allowed me to sit down and dramaturg on these scripts, develop these scripts a bit more with the writer and with the production companies. So it really is a... Um, and also I'm writing my own first feature as well, um, which I'm on the third draft of. So I've managed to keep myself busy. Um, and I guess like most um, artists and production houses, we're just waiting for this to be over so we can st- start working. Yeah. So it's really just keeping busy and developing these projects at the moment. But it's, you know, there's a few more, a couple of features on, on the slate and as well as my own work and as well as, you know, going back to Opera Australia. So that's good. Great. Well, I look forward to seeing your future work. John Sheedy, thanks so much for joining me today. Oh, not a problem. Um, Thank you very much for having me. And just so the listeners know, you're a very good actor and I enjoyed directing you in Whiteley. Oh, thanks, John. It's very kind of you to say. That's all we have time for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure you like and follow Adam Deer on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And join me next week on Creative Connections.